Hello and welcome to Under the Lights episode four with the Major. I am your host Cameron Major and on today's episode we will be discussing Chelsea Football Club, one of the most interesting teams this season and going into next season, um, previewing this round of football fixtures and we will also be picking out our fantasy football player of the week. Now I also just have to issue in a quick apology because last week we had some issues with tech technical difficulties so we weren't able to publish a podcast but we are back this week bringing you some fire. I have my guest with me today Stefan Wilkins who is a lifelong Chelsea fan. Stefan how's it going? Yeah all good Cameron, pleased to be here. Very, and we're very pleased to have you here. Um, so let's jump straight into it. Chelsea, this season, you're sitting at third, but it's kind of been mm. a season full of optimism, but still, you know, there's still some, you can see there's still some work to do. I don't want to say inconsistency because you're third in the league, but we saw in the game against Sheffield United, against West Ham, there have been some some losses where Chelsea could improve. Um, how are you feeling about Chelsea's season at the moment? Yeah, um, I think... I think, I think at the start of the season, if you'd have said to me we'd be in third place or even fourth place, you know, uh, depending on Man United tonight, um, I think most Chelsea fans would have would have definitely taken that. Um, it's it's frustrating because I think what we've seen uh, in Chelsea's this season, we've seen that when they're up for the game, you know, we've we've we've. Uh, we've beaten Liverpool. We've we've unfortunately lost a couple of times to Liverpool. Beaten Man City. It seems like the players have got it in them to to get themselves up for the big games. But it's the it's the it's the smaller teams that we are we're dropping points to, and a lot of the times we're losing it embarrassingly too. We're not losing one nil. You know, we're we're shipping three, four, five goals sometimes. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean. It's one of those. I'm I'm happy with where we are, but there have been there have been shambolic performances. There's been no consistency. Um, but I think um, I think you know, given that we lost Hazard at the start of the season um, and we couldn't sign players, I think most Chelsea fans are you know it, it, you've got to be happy with where we are. And I don't think any other manager uh, would have been doing any better than Lampard as well. So that's kind of that's kind of where I sit with it. And, and with Lampard, obviously first season managing as a Premier League manager, and he has done exceptionally well. Do you think that's been partially down to kind of being able to get through to players like Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, you know, the younger players that will have looked up to him when he was a player, um, but also being able to kind of have, I don't want to say kind of, kind of almost an, um, as much as he's a manager, there's kind of like a mentorship relationship with players like that, because I think that he can relate to them more than some maybe previous managers could. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think where he's he's been at the club and he was at the club for a long time, as you say, the players like particularly Mount, uh, Abraham, Reese James probably would have done just about so as well. He was there from when he was very young. A lot of these players would have been in the academy when, when Lampard was playing first team for Chelsea. So I do definitely think he's got that extra respect um, from the young players. And also, I think the young players don't necessarily feel like their path is blocked under Lampard, whereas... You know, you, you look at when we were under Sarri, under Mourinho, uh, um, you know, under, under a lot of the managers we've had in recent times, Conte as well. I don't necessarily think the likes of Tamori um, probably felt they had much of an opportunity or, or, or you know, Billy Gilmore is, uh, you know, sort of 19 now. But I don't think they necessarily saw a route into that first team and, and even Ruben Loftus-Cheek as well. So I do think Lampard's got that extra respect and probably um 
bond with with some of the players that some of the other managers, particularly Sarri, um, where a lot of the players didn't have that respect. Yeah, and I guess that there's there's positives and negatives to that. In in a term of Lampard, this season has had this almost reputation that was given to him because Chelsea had a transfer ban and couldn't sign anyone. But this reputation of giving young players a chance, you know, young English players, an opportunity to get into the first team. And a team that, you know, under any other manager, um, likely wouldn't necessarily have had as much time on the field. Um, With that changing moving forward, and we've also already seen Chelsea splash a bit of cash for next season, made some good signings. With that changing, the expectations for Lampard are going to change as well. Um, do you think he, this is a role that he can carry on, kind of in that reputation of giving young players an opportunity, players from the academy? Or with the expectations rising, he's going to have a chance for budget to spend money. Do you think things might change moving forward? Yeah, I do think we're going to see changes. Um, as you say, if you're, if you're looking at what our, what our front four looks like being next year, I mean, I can't. I don't see a space for Abraham personally. Um, I think we're probably going to see uh, Werner playing up front with, you know, Pulisic, um, possibly Mount might get in there, and you know, then let's talk about um, Kai Havertz joining as well. Um, mm. We'll see see what happens with that, but I think there's positions that are going to be more difficult for some of the um, for some of the academy uh, players to to get games in it would be you know for for me it would be the likes of uh abraham probably is going to struggle for for a place in the uh in the squad but also at center back as well because if you've seen some of our games recently and and to be honest throughout the season in patches we we concede far too easily um so i think there's going to be question marks there for uh for christiansen i think there's going to be question marks there for tamori as well um, and I don't just mean those two, but I mean, I think if we sign a defender or two to cover at centre-back, that's probably going to reduce the game time for those two. And we'll probably mm. see, possibly there's talk of Zuma leaving as well, um, with Tottenham interested. So I um, I can see it being a little bit more difficult from next year. Um, but I think part of that will be the board's expectations, uh, you know, for Lampard to be challenging for the Premier League rather than uh, challenging for top four. Yeah. And do, do you think that's a realistic... Um, proposition to have those expectations for for Lampard to take that Chelsea team to a state where at the moment you know very happy getting third this season I think some Chelsea fans mm. would have been happy getting you know fifth maybe fourth I mean fifth probably was the I want to say you know most people would have thought maybe fifth I don't think anyone would have predicted they'd be third right now mm. um, and for next season do you think it's reasonable for Chelsea to mount a title challenge given that we've seen you know Liverpool be so far ahead of Everyone and then Man City, I think, is still, you know, ahead of the best of the rest, really. Yeah, no, I don't think we're going to win. Uh, I, I don't think it's reasonable to expect that we'll challenge next year. Um, I heard Paul Merson come out recently, didn't he? And he said, Oh, you know, um, Chelsea will win the Premier League in the next three seasons. Mm. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's a stretch, I'll, you know. Paul Merson does, you know, come out of some, uh, some, some strange opinions, but. Um, I can't see us challenging the next three years. For that to happen, you know, you, you're going to have to see a drop off from from Liverpool and City um, because we're not going to be getting a hundred points um, in no. the next three years. I can't see it. Like but, Liverpool but, are just 
streets ahead. And, and, and I actually think Man City will be the, the team to beat next year. I think if you finish ahead of Man City, you'll win the league. Um, I just think that when your starting centre-backs are Zuma and Rudiger or Christensen and Zuma or whoever it might be, and then you're talking about players like Alonso at left-back and you know Azpilicueta is getting on and he can be got at now by anyone with a bit of pace, a bit of trickery. I just yeah. don't see us competing with with the likes of uh, Liverpool when they've got a back four that includes Van Dijk and um, you know their goalkeepers like Allison and Edison and you know Kepa's just not up to it. Yeah, I, I I don't see us challenging. I don't see us challenging for a little while. We'd need yeah. some big signings for that to happen, and I think we'd probably need to see a bit of a decline in in City and uh, Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, I, I do I do think teams are going to be able to... I, I agree with what you're saying. I don't think anyone's going to... I think City and Liverpool for the next, you know, I'd say at least two seasons are going to be, you know, the, the teams to beat at the top. It's going to be between them. But I also look at a team like, you know, Manchester United. I think... I want, I want to say... I don't want to say Arsenal are going to compete, but I think Arsenal will give Arteta money <laughs> and time. Um, but we're going to see these Arsenal. teams kind of improve their squads, which yeah. in turn is going to be when they play Manchester City and Liverpool, those games are going to be closer, potentially. Because I don't think like Liverpool can improve that starting eleven. It'll get better because they through chemistry and having time with each other. But everyone else is going to start improving their teams. It's going to be hard for Liverpool to improve on what they've already done this season. Um, so I think they could lose potential points over the next few years to the teams that are improving. Um what so so do you think Chelsea, you know, best they can do next season is a third place finish that you don't think they could push for that top two? Uh, it's not impossible. It's not impossible um, for us to, you know, finish second. Um, but it, it needs one of Man City or Liverpool to um, to come unstuck for a little while. And whether that's a big injury to to a Van Dyke or. Uh, to a Laporte or something like that again um, yeah I, th- I think there's just some things need to happen not just with Chelsea but with one of those two teams for us to get any closer um, mm-hmm. but similarly you know it, it depends on recruitment for Chelsea as well doesn't it if we can get in a Koulibaly or somebody like that and shore up the back four a bit and and uh, you know possibly look at strengthening both fullback positions then possibly I do think Lampard's a very good manager I think he's going to be a good manager as well so yeah. I don't necessarily ascribe to that idea of, oh, well, let's see what he does next year. Now he's had transfer windows. Now he's signed his own players. Let's see what he does. And if he doesn't get, you know, better than we get this season in terms of our finish and, and you know, particularly with the Champions League as well, where we're all but out to Bayern this year, which is no, no disgrace, obviously. But, uh, you know, I, I don't ascribe to the fact that we need to better this season in terms of finishes or, or cup runs to... For Lampard to keep his job purely because we spent yeah. the money. I just think that, you know, when when you you're competing with one of the best squads we've seen in Liverpool's uh, current team, and arguably also Man City's current team as well. I just don't think they've had the um, they haven't had the the good fortune with injuries that they have had in previous years. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's no disgrace if Lampard doesn't improve on third. Yeah, no, no, I, I would agree with that. I think I think a challenge for Lampard is now that he's got some money to spend, he may be bringing in some more established um, players, um, some bigger names. And yeah, what I think could be a challenge for him as a manager is he's come into that Chelsea team. I don't think there's not huge names in the team. I mean, you could look at maybe Kante's the biggest name in that team, but he's not got a personality where I think he's going to start yeah, challenging he's... the manager. I think there's a team that 
already respected Lampard and his accomplishments. But when you bring in a bigger player, so for example, a Timo Werner, etc., they have their own, I don't want to say their own opinions on how they play, but managing their game time is going to be different to managing a younger player's game time, you know? He's going to be expected to start and expected to be given the opportunity in his preferred positions, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to bring bring new challenges, isn't it, for Lampard? I, I'd agree with that. I, I think Kante's quite an unassuming character. I don't think he's, you know, he, he's not a Paul Pogba in terms of uh, having to kind of manage the personality as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he, he, he's fortunate at the moment. But having said that, I think Lampard's quite an astute guy. And I think... Um, you know, he's going to have played with a lot of big personalities throughout his career, isn't he? And um, I think he's probably Absolutely. used to the dynamics of of a, of a sort of a top tier dressing room. You think back to the times of the England squad of the golden generation, um, and then also the, the Chelsea teams that had your your Drogba's, your Balak's, Terry, Cole, Makaleli, Deco, you know, and Elka, all of the kind of established world class players in their peaks. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he'll do well. I think you know the, the more the more resource Lampard has at his disposal, um, I think I think the better we'll see the performances be because I think Lampard wants to play at quite a high tempo. I think Lampard wants to play attacking football, and I think as soon as we, you know, the the, the more the recruitment um, ties in with that, the better I think the better we'll see our performances be on the pitch. Yeah, I just and, think. And, yeah. Talk to me. Talk to me. Coming out of the break um, from coronavirus, coming back to Premier League football, um, we've seen certain players, you know, really take off. Um, the mm. likes of Phil Foden, Saint Maximin. We've seen um, Mason Greenwood um, starting and scoring goals yeah. for Manchester United. One of the most, um, I want to say, that electric is probably the best word to describe him um, since the break has been Pulisic. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on him? How is he kind of because? I always saw some ability there, but he wasn't putting it together on a consistent basis. He wasn't starting all the time. Um, mm. But since the break, he seems to have kind of taken on a new life at Chelsea and was really putting in some performances, which is making um, people take note. Yeah, he's been really good since he came back. He's been, you know, arguably been one of the very few kind of uh, bright parts of, of, of Chelsea's return since coronavirus. Um it's an interesting one. I I didn't really rate him when he first joined. I see him I see him in a few uh, games early on in the season, and he would run down like you know sort of like uh, corridors where you'd, you you knew there was nothing on. Like he would he would take someone on and he would run away from goal. He might he might beat a man, but he'd run out towards the corner flag, and you'd be thinking, okay, well you know that's all well and good, but you're not going to have much of an effect. Mm. Um, he was he was getting pushed off the ball a lot as well. He was all you know super quick, but he he, he would go shoulder to shoulder with someone and he, and he'd lose the ball every time. But yeah, it seems like something that the, you know almost the pennies dropped in him since we've come back from uh, coronavirus. I don't know if he's stronger or fitter um, or maybe more confident, but he seems to be kind of you know picking up the mantle of of the role that Hazard left a bit more. And I, you know yeah. I don't I don't really think he's a very similar player to Hazard if I'm honest. Hazard would quite often drift in with the ball he they don't dribble you know they don't they don't beat people in the same way Hazard was um very good at waiting for somebody to commit themselves to you know making a challenge they might you know step their weight onto one leg and make the challenge and he would just move the ball at the right time and that's how he beat people but Pulisic is so quick um I think we see what he did to um 
to Mendy, didn't we, on the break yeah, when he scored yeah, that absolutely. goal against Man City? He is lightning quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's come back and he, he seems to be doing very well now. It's interesting because when he was at Dortmund, I think he was, um, I don't know if it was because he refused to sign a contract, but he was on the bench, wasn't he, in his, his final few months there and they were playing Sancho and Sancho plus one. Um, mm. And, and uh, I remember thinking, oh, you know, is he that good? You know, when we signed him, I remember thinking, well, he wasn't starting games before he joined and he wasn't so good when he joined. And I was thinking, oh, is this going to be, you know, sort of a bit of a, a, a bit of a waste? But no, he's, he's finding his feet now. And I think he's probably going to have a big year next year, I think. Yeah, absolutely. He looks, as you mentioned, he looks like he's kind of taken on from where Hazard left off, which was something that kind of... Chelsea were kind of missing. Chelsea, they've had a great season, but there wasn't that one player that was standing out. I mean, you could say Tammy, Abra- Tammy Abraham's had a great season, um, but I still didn't think that he showed what I wanted to see from a team that was looking for that one player that people are going to pay. You know someone where you pay to go and see them play football? Like, you would pay to yeah. go see Hazard play, wouldn't you? I'm not saying that Pulisic is at that level now, but he's definitely showing signs of being that player that could be that for Chelsea. Um, and talking of paying to see players play football, um, Chelsea have signed a couple of players already, which we've alluded to earlier, in terms of Werner, uh, Zayach, I think is how you pronounce his name. Yeah, yeah. Ajax. Um, must be happy with those signings. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, that's yeah. Ziyech is the one that you mentioned. Uh, you know, talking about earlier on when you know, speaking about the younger players struggling to get minutes. Yeah, Ziyech will be another one who's going to be a guaranteed starter for us. I think um, he's been Ajax's Player of the Year in two of the last three seasons. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in title-winning campaigns, and they've obviously done very well in the Champions League in those times as well. And he's done very well in those campaigns in the Champions League. Um, yeah, he looks a player. I saw when when we were signing him. I saw um, Sky interviewed a you know a, a journalist for Dutch football, and the, they were asking for their opinion of him. Um, and the the quote that I saw was saying that he's Ajax's greatest natural talent since Bergkamp played for Ajax. Wow. Um, you know they were saying that's that's the level of talent he is um, with a football. So yeah, I, I, you know I think he's he's exactly what we need. Um, and I think having him. And Pulisic on the wings uh, next year with with Werner up top, or you know you, you get a bit of flexibility with Werner as well. I think uh, for for Germany he sometimes played from the left as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think you know next year going forwards we've got some we've got some ballers. Um, and as you know, Abraham started the season really well, but I struggled necessarily to see where Abraham's going to fit in. And I think probably Giroud is a better backup striker than Abraham to bring on the, off the bench anyway. Yeah, uh, at this time in their careers as well, I think Giroud might accept that role a bit more than Tammy would. You know, yeah, Giroud, definitely. I think he's in his 30s now, um, whereas Tammy's young coming up onto the scene. Um, he'll be looking to get in the England national team for, you know, World Cups, Euros. Um, do you think he could move next season then? Do you think he could possibly transfer? Yeah, yeah, I think we've seen that. I think we've seen that from Lampard. I think we've seen kind of an honesty. Um, I think when David Luiz left Chelsea, um, conversations were that Lampard was open and honest with him and said, "You're not going to start next year," and, uh, and and obviously didn't block his uh, his his exit to Arsenal. So I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, you know a conversation between um, Lampard and and Abraham where it might, might become clear that minutes are going to be limited for Abraham or starts become limited for him next year. I wouldn't be surprised to see um, possibly Abraham uh, move on. I think we might 
see it with a couple of players at Chelsea next year, though. Have you seen how many midfielders we've got? Yeah, um, yeah. It's you know particularly central midfielders in fairly similar sort of roles. Yeah. Um, I think it looks fairly obvious to me that Jorginho is going to leave. Yeah. Um, you know, he's. He, I know he started the the game that we lost three nil, um, just gone. But that was because uh, Billy Gilmore was out injured. Um, but you know, it looks fairly obvious. He had played about ten minutes before that. hadn't started any games. I think we're gonna we're gonna be moving some players on as we see these uh, these signings come in. Um, and there's talk as well of us going for for Ben Chilwell, uh, left back. Be so. Very signing. Because Alonso, Alonso's, I look at Alonso and I think um, sometimes his, his st- statistics are slightly deceiving because he's great on a set piece. Yeah. Um, you know, but his actual defending, I mean, I looked at the, the West Ham game where they lost and I thought, well, what's he doing at times, you know? Um, I, I, think, I think that's where... That's where teams have to almost make a decision at the moment because you get a lot of fullbacks that are... Great going forward, but they can't defend. So it's really hard to get someone that's you know that can do both. Um, it's almost like pick your poison. What do you want? What's most important to the team? Do you think Alonso is kind of in danger of next season possibly not being good enough to be in that starting eleven to get Chelsea to where they want to be? Yeah, I do. I think he's still in a living at Chelsea, Alonso. I think, <laughs> as, as you say, um, yeah. The stats can be deceiving. He's he's got a hell of a left foot on him in every respect. He can he can drill a shot first time. We've seen him score some cracking goals. He gets forward uh, very well. He's a danger from set pieces. He's he's a tall lad for a left back, and he you know he's, he's got quite a few headed goals over the last few seasons. But where it really matters when you've got you know a back four lacking a John Terry, you've not got particularly uh, much leadership in that back four. You, you need to be able to defend, and he is so often out of position. He's not very quick. Um, he's, he seems to be quicker going forwards than he does getting back. Yeah. Um, I think he probably would prefer to be a left midfielder or a left winger than a left back. But yeah, his 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 defending leaves a lot to be desired. And I think I think I would be surprised to see him at the club next year. I don't yeah. necessarily think he's Lampard's man either. I don't necessarily think Lampard sees his fullbacks as uh, fullbacks who kind of primarily attack and and will also defend if they can get back um i think he'll certainly want someone who's a bit more solid uh yeah, yeah and I, it, speaking about solid i don't know about ben chilwell i think chilwell's uh, you know a lot more balanced i think he defends a lot better than alonso does but i don't think he's and maybe i've been spoiled as a chelsea fan watching ashley cole for so many years but i don't think he's solid uh you know in the sense of an ashley cole i don't think yeah. he's yeah, no, Ashley, Ashley Cole. I think we're talking about possibly the best left back in Premier League history in Ashley Cole, aren't we? Um, so it's yeah. obviously going to be hard to get to kind of replace that. Um, I think Chilwell would be an upgrade on Alonso. I'm not sure how much sure. I would pay for him. Um, I, again, I, we don't know what the transfer market is going to be like after kind of, you know, the economic impact of coronavirus. If we're going to see transfer fees come down, which I'd imagine would happen. Um I don't know if Chilwell... I, I, but then again, I've seen Chilwell. He scored a fantastic, phenomenal goal against Watford. So he's got something about him going forward. And I do think he's more sound defensively. Um, it, I mean, Emerson plays now and then at left back. You don't think he's the answer? You don't think he could be the player? No, he's, he, he's another one. I, I don't really know what Emerson is a lot of the time. I don't think a lot of Chelsea fans do. He tends to go on a lot of dribbles. 
Um, yes. And I very rarely see him uh, successfully complete a dribble. I'd be interested to see his uh, dribble completion stats, to be honest, because I think it'd be very, very low. Um, mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's talk of him going to Inter Milan, actually, um, yeah. to, to, to play under Conte again. Um, I, I would be, I'd be comfortable to see him leave. I don't yeah. think... Yeah, I don't think his game necessarily suits the Premier League so well. Again, I think he's another left-back who, who's limited in terms of his mobility. Um, and I think that's difficult in the Premier League. I think if you're not you know, as absolutely fit as a fiddle, I think if you're not completely rapid, um, I think it's hard to be you know, a, a starting left-back for a, for a top four, top six Premier League side. Yeah, um, I agree with that. But then I look at I don't, Luke Shaw's not got too much. Fair. I know Luke Shaw's always a player that divides Manchester United fans mm. opinions um i don't think he's got too much pace but he's been he's been good since the i mean he's been good since the restart i think for manchester united um i look at manchester city and i don't think mendy or zinchenko are that great right. i do think that mendy's pace gets him out of some trouble sometimes but the man city have so much of the ball it's hard to yeah you know, they don't they're not in those positions where teams are attacking them as much that's um, it. And they've got great holding midfielders as well who, who who pick up a lot of the slack, pick up a lot of space when uh, when the fullbacks move forward. So um yeah. I suppose we, you know, we get that protection a bit of Kante, but um I always find that no matter what our lineup is, unless we put Aspilicueta at left back, which we quite often do, so the last couple of games we've had Reese James start at right back, Aspilicueta at left back, I think when we start either Alonso or, or Emerson, we, yeah. we very rarely look solid. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the, one player, as an Everton fan, I hope this doesn't happen. But Luca Dean has been linked to some of the top top, top clubs. Um, yeah, um, I think he would definitely be an upgrade for you. Um, I think he would cost in the region around forty, personally, um, thirty to forty mil. I mm. hope he doesn't leave though. Um, but he would be an option. Um, a player that does divide Chelsea fans' opinions, um, and I've got a friend who absolutely slates this guy, um, but then he seems to pop up and do something, is William, um, who mm. I believe is out of contract at the end. I think he's signed an extension to play the remainder of this season. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Do you think he'll leave? If you think he, if he does leave, will that be a big miss um, to replace? Uh, he's been very good since, uh, since the... Uh, you know the resumption of, of football um i think he's, he's scored a few penalties in fairness um yeah. but 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 he's generally played well he's got got a few assists as well i i do think he'll leave i do think he'll leave i think it's it's because he wants a, a it might be a three-year contract um and chelsea have got a policy of only offering normally one-year deals to players over the age of 30 i know mm. we've broken that on a few occasions uh, in particular cases but i don't think he also wants a two-year deal either i think there might be talk that we had offered a two-year deal um, and I know it's been linked with Man United. He's been linked with Tottenham, um, which would be to, to play under Mourinho again. So, yeah, I do expect him to leave. It, it, it will be a shame. But having said that, you know, he's a, he's a winger who's um, he still looks in his peak to me. He still looks very quick. He, he you know beats people for fun. But there's going to come a time shortly when he slows down. Um, he's going to be on big wages. And do you want that? person blocking the route to the first team for for a younger player we, you know mm. Pedro's moving on Pedro's going to Roma uh, it looks as if William's going to follow him um, you know do you want him blocking the opportunities for a Hudson-Odoi for example um, because yeah. it looks to me as if Hudson-Odoi will be the the third choice wide player next year it looks to me as if it'll be Pulisic and Ziyech 
And I think probably Hudson Odoi would be coming off the bench and playing in the cup. So if you also add Willian into the mix, then it, it reduces his playing time further. So so I think I think it's right that he he does move on. I think he's been there seven or eight years now at Chelsea, and he's he's been very good. Um, yeah. But yeah, sometimes you know the 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 old need to make way for the new, so to speak. And I think he can still cut it in the Premier League, but but I think Hudson Odoi's development will will be that much better if he um, if he sees more game time. Interesting, interesting. No, no, I can, I definitely see that. I do. It's, it's difficult because you see him now, and I do think he's playing quite well since the restart. But at the same time, can Chelsea offer him starting positions? Where where, where does Lampard want to take the club in terms of which direction? How much youth he wants to come through, and the players they're signing, you know, that's definitely going to be in those positions where uh, William would pick up. And is he comfortable coming off the bench? You know, there's a lot that goes into it, I guess. But um, what would we'll do? He, he does soap a bit. He does sulk. He does sulk. Yeah. But then he's one of them players that will do nothing and then produce something, isn't he? Um, he can have some shockers, but then he can put in hell of a strike and score a goal, which is... And sometimes you need them in, in your football team, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what we're going to do now, we're just going to move on to our predictions for this round of fixtures. And almost fittingly... Um, we will start with Chelsea versus Norwich tomorrow night. Um, mm-hmm. Most people would think this is a formality, um, given Norwich's current situation. They've just been relegated. Um, however, Chelsea did lose to Sheffield United at the weekend and pretty convincingly as well. Um, do Chelsea bounce back here? What's your score prediction? Yeah, I think we do. Um, I think, uh, as you say, Norwich are down. Uh, whether they're playing for pride or whether they try and give some minutes to some of the players that haven't played so many games this year. I think we've seen Cantwell on the bench, haven't we, quite a lot recently, and, and Pookie yeah. and uh, some of their bigger players. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think we'll, we'll bounce back. Um, I don't necessarily think we're playing the most fluid football at the moment, so I can't see us, um, you know, with a cricket score. Um, but I think we might win either 1-0 or 2-0. 1-0 or 2-0. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to lock you in for a prediction because we do tally up points on uh, predictions, you versus me. Um, okay. Which one are you going to go for? I'm going to go for 1-0. 1-0. Nil. One nil, one nil. Very, yeah. very conservative with that that prediction. Um, I will take you 1-0 and I will raise you 4-0. Um, I think uh, Norwich okay. are... They're very bad. Um, I think... Chelsea, the way Chelsea play is kind of made up to hammer Norwich. Um, and I, yeah, I, I don't see much, especially just coming off the news that you've been relegated. As you say, giving some time to some of the more inexperienced players. Um, and your first game going up against the likes of Chelsea, I think that could be an issue for Norwich. So I'm going to lock in Chelsea 4-0. Um, we then move on to Wednesday night where we have four games, um, including mm-hmm. a big one. Well, we start with Burnley against Wolves. Wolves have been Wolves had a great result against my boys Everton um, at the weekend, winning three 0 Everton, I mean, as an Everton fan, we looked looked appalling. Um, Wolves looked great on the counter attack, and they largely they dominated most of the game. Um, what are your thoughts on this match? What, what prediction will you go for? Yeah, tough. I, I, I see a draw in this game. If I'm honest, I'm going to go for one one. Okay, interesting, interesting. Mm. I'm going to go with two one to Wolves. Um, okay. on this 2-1 oh, to Wolves um, which takes us on to another interesting game 
um, which is Man City against Bournemouth. Now, obviously, Man City, since the restart, have looked phenomenal. Um, games have almost been like a training session for them. Um, but Bournemouth have just come off the back of beating Leicester um, 4-1, which is yeah. four second-half goals. I've never quite seen a team capitulate as much as I've seen Leicester capitulate in that second half. Um, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, do you think there's any... And Bournemouth are going to have to go for this, you know. It's, it's They're in a relegation fight, so it's not as if, you know, they can kind of accept getting hammered by Manchester City. They're going to have to give it a go and try and get something, because you're not going to hold Manchester City to no goals, I don't think. What do you, what's your prediction? Do you think Bournemouth can do anything here, do you, or do you see it as a formality that Manchester City win? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I so I watched the, uh, the Bournemouth game the other day, and I saw... Um, I saw Ake come off when they were losing, um, mm. and I thought, you know, that's that's bad news. And uh, and as you say, went on to win four one. I think it will be a different game uh, against Man City, and I think not having Ake at the back, um, I, yeah, I think they're going to ship a few goals, and I don't see them um, going blow for blow with Man City. So I'm going to go for four one Man City in this one. Okay, um, I will join you on four nil Man City. I don't think Bournemouth will score. Um, I think no. they do well to score against Man City. They haven't conceded many since the restart. But I will also say that City do have Arsenal at the weekend in the FA Cup. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Pep's rotation policy mm. um, hit Man City and they go with a slightly weaker lineup. It's, it's not going to be weak. It's Manchester City, but wouldn't be shocked if um, if there's some unexpected faces playing uh, but we will go with 4-0 Manchester City um, Newcastle versus Spurs um, personally I'm going to take this I'm going to give the prediction first on this one and we're going to go I'm going to go with 1-1 I think Newcastle have looked bright they've seen some players that have kind of St. Maximum um, is the name that stands out but you look at the likes of Shelby Almiron um, mm. and Spurs haven't looked convincing to me in any of the games I know they beat Arsenal um yesterday but i think that Scrappy was a typical winner. that was a Mourinho win um yeah. it's a classic jose win um but I, i'm gonna go with one one on here where do, where do you see this one um i'm gonna go for two one spurs yeah spurs. I, I think um yeah i think they'll have a bit too much going forward for for newcastle to cope with i think it's for me you know i i'm, I'm a Mourinho fan i do think that he hasn't evolved with um with football in recent times as much as maybe he should have done. And I think that's why his his stay at a few teams recently has been quite a short-lived one. But yeah. I think, you know, there are there are starting to, to, to be the early suggestions of um, a bit of bedding in at, at Spurs in some cases. I think I've seen Los Celso play quite well recently in quite a few games in midfield. And I think it's yeah. only a matter of time before Harry Kane starts to really fire him in again. Um, he had a couple of good chances. Um in the game I was watching the other day. So, yeah, I do, I do fancy Harry Kane to get a couple of goals. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're, they're, they're creeping up the table, you know. Um, they're not too far off of kind of Wolves, Sheffield, United. So they'll be trying to at least solidify a European space um, in yeah. the Europa League. Um, I think for Spurs, it's going to be a largely in part to kind of what can they do next season. Um, Mourinho getting a good look at the players at the moment. Um, 
the big game on Wednesday night is Arsenal versus Liverpool. Um, Liverpool already crowned as champions, but have looked like they've been enjoying themselves since that, and rightfully so. Um, but 1-1 against Burnley. Um, the ships, I think it was, was it 4 or 5 against Manchester City? Um, yeah. And now they're away at Arsenal. Um, do you think that, that kind of continues? Do you think Arsenal... Arsenal are a little bit off of Europe. They're going to do very well to get Europe. Um, any hope for Arsenal here, or do you think Liverpool can bounce back from kind of their party? No, not for me, Mage. I think this Arsenal team are woeful. I think this is one of the worst Arsenal teams I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I, I really do. I think um, you know it was it was only it was only a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it, that we had all of the stuff in the media about David Luiz as he played his as he played his last game for the club after he gave a penalty away and was sent off. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of been forgotten a bit. But, um, you know, that that back four, whoever they play in that back four uh, and, and their deep line midfielders, it, it's woeful. It's absolutely woeful. David Luiz, you know, Chelsea fan, won the Champions League with him. You know, I, I've got fond memories of him. He's not a mm-hmm. centre back. He's a holding midfielder. And maybe he's not anymore. Maybe he's getting a bit too old. Maybe he's getting a bit too leggy to be a holding midfielder. But, you know, he, he, his technical abilities are in midfield. He is tactically you know positionally he's woeful um mm-hmm. and i think we're seeing that time and time again and i think the problem is that 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 lack of confidence that david louise breeds in the in the other defenders means that they start to make mistakes as well and i think we saw for the um the son goal in the tottenham game it was yeah. a, a pass back by a Kalasinac. and i think it, you know it's that it's that it sort of breakdown of communication yeah, yeah. exactly and it you know it just it just it just speaks to a, to an Arsenal team that are, you know, in all kinds of trouble for me, defensively, that is. I think they're still decent going forwards. And I think when you've got Aubameyang, you've got Lacazette, you know, you've got Saka, who, who's in very good form, and they've got some other uh, very good young players and Ceballos and players like that. I think I think they are good going forwards, but defensively woeful. And I, I do not see, uh, you know, them keeping out Sane, uh, you know, Salah, um, I, I just see them scoring multiple goals um, and I, yeah. I, I I don't see Arsenal staying in that game beyond the first half as well. I just think that um, Liverpool have taken their lick since they win in the title, you know, drop points against Burnley and uh, and w- were beaten comfortably by Man City. But I think they'll come back here and smash Arsenal. Yeah. Um, and what scoreline are you going for? I'm going to go for 4-0. I'm going to go 4-0 nil. Wow. Liverpool. Yeah. Bold, bold. Um, it has historically been a high-scoring game, um, Arsenal and Liverpool. Um, we've seen some really high-scoring games in the past. Um, I agree with you that I think Liverpool will win. Um, I do think they will ship some goals because Klopp seems to be giving some youngsters um, more of a cha- chance now. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a tweaked lineup to what we're normally used to seeing from Liverpool. Um, I will, with that in mind, though, I will go five-two to Liverpool. Um, so like it. For seven goals. Um, I do think Arsenal. And I really like Bakari Saka. Um, I feel sorry for him that he's stuck in that Arsenal team. <laughs> I think he's a really good youngster. Um, yeah, definitely one massive. to watch next season um takes Very us to cute. thursday <laughs> yes he is um it takes us to thursday night um start off with my team everton we are at home to aston villa aston villa desperate for points in that relegation scrap um an everton team that basically looks like they have their eyes on next season um not really playing for anything it's going to be a mid-table finish which is slightly disappointing um possibly giving some opportunities some some youngsters um 
that said, I do think Everton have got enough quality to beat Aston Villa. I know Aston Villa beat us earlier in the season, um, but I will take a. I think I think Aston Villa will go for. I think I'm going to go with three two Everton. Bold bold move to go for. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I think it was. Um... Yeah, it was notable that kind of all of the teams that are threatened by relegation won, didn't they, over the weekend? Mm. Uh, did, did, you know, I think we see Watford win, Aston Villa win, Bournemouth win. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of gutting, really, for Villa uh, because they, I would call Villa my, I don't know about my second team, but but certainly I, I wished Villa well. And it's probably because Terry's there uh, as yeah. assistant manager. Yeah. But um, I think they're all but down now. Um, and I think they probably, you know, seeing all the other teams around them win on the weekend where they win, it's probably uh, a bit demoralising. So I do see an Everton win. I think you probably win 2-0. OK. Um, and then we go on to Leicester versus Sheffield United, which is a big game in kind of the rate... Well, it's a big game for Leicester because, you know, they could fall out of the top four tonight. And it's a big game for Sheffield United because they're trying to get to get those fifth, six spots. Um, thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think... Uh, God knows what's been going on with Leicester since the restart, but they, they have been in um, very inconsistent form. And I think they've got Soyanchu suspended, haven't they? I think he got a straight red card yeah, in the last game. Um, and I know, you know, he's a, he, he's a very good centre-back when he's on his game. I think they'll struggle. What's that mean? Probably Wes Morgan coming into the back four, possibly. Um, you know, won't have played much football. <sighs> yeah, I, 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 I don't see it uh, going too well for Leicester. Having said that, Sheffield United have been a bit up and down as well, but I do think they might snatch this one 2-1. Um. Okay, interesting. Interesting. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw here. Um, I, I actually think Wes Morgan coming in, whilst it doesn't lift them in terms of footballing ability on the pitch, I think maybe that's someone that can give them, kind of kick up the ass to say, come on, mm. boys, let's let's play like we were. Um, he could be that figure that does that. Um, but yeah, definitely they've been a... This, they've been a disappointment since football's come back, um, Leicester City, um, which is a shame to say because they're having such a good season and playing some great football. But um, yeah, I'm going to go over 1-1. Um, we then have Crystal Palace against Manchester United. Um, Manchester United have been on fire um, since the restart and since before that, um, playing football at the moment, which is pretty outstanding. Um, Fernandez fitted in like a glove. Like Pogba's upped his game. Um, yes. The likes of Mason Greenwood, um, who's coming Reminds through. Reminds me of me. He does, he does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That that ball-dominant sense from midfielder. Um, where do you see where do you see this? Because Palace have been Palace aren't playing for anything. Um, I only see it one way, and that's Manchester United um, taking a three-nil victory. Um, where do you feel on that? Yeah, I, I, I've seen Man United getting quite a few goals in this game. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see um, to see Palace score, um, but I think yeah, you know, Mason Greenwood. You know, I don't, I, I don't like to talk uh, about you know a, a Manchester United youngster and, and say that they look like they're going to be something special. You know, I'd much rather be talking about Callum Hudson Odoi or, or sort of one of the Chelsea youngsters in these terms. But he 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 looks different class to me. I think yeah, he is. Yeah, an un- unbelievable finisher. I think his left foot is so crisp for such a young age as well. He's such a good player. Um, yeah, I think I think yeah, he, next year will be a big year for him. But I think he's broken through properly now. I think I fancy Man United to win this one handily. I think as you look as as uh, as seeing Pogba raise his game. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, if you push me on a score on this one, I'd probably go four one Man United. 
4-1 Man United. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Um, we then have Southampton versus Brighton. Brighton look like they're edging towards safety. Um, Southampton have been in great form. Danny Ings um, chasing the golden boots. Uh, I'll take a 2-1 Southampton victory here. Um, yourself? Yeah, um, I do see a Southampton winning this game. I think uh, Danny Ings is in very good form. Um, I'll go 2-0 Southampton. 2-0. Okay, and then on Friday night, we actually have a pretty big game. We have West Ham against Watford. So both kind of, you know, both... I'd be pretty confident. I don't think either of them are going to go down now. Um, yeah. But at the same time, they're not fully secure. So if a team loses that game and we see a Aston Villa and a Bournemouth, you know, get something out of their games, it can change things down at the bottom. Um, Antonio bagging four goals at the weekend <laughs> was certainly um, certainly interesting. Um, yeah, I was um, I was looking in my fantasy football league. Nobody had him in, but a few people had spoken about him. Thought he was a good player to pick up. Um, I think that West Ham win I think they're full of confidence actually do I think yeah I do think they win Um, I'm going to go 3-1 West Ham interesting interesting Um, obviously you know that I know Declan Rice so I'm about to have a little chat to Declan I said Deckers I said Deckers what's going to happen in this game he said uh, listen my boy Antonio's on fire so he is on fire I'm back in uh, I'm back in West Ham in this one I think they're going to win it but I think it'll be tight I think uh, I reckon they might take this one one 1-0 Awesome, awesome, fantastic. Well, that's that for the predictions of the week. We're now just going to go to a real short segment um, on fantasy football player that you need in your team this week that you might not know that you need in your team this week. Um, who have you got for me, Stefan? I'm going to go for Mason Mount. Mason Mount. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. <coughs> so, Hasn't fired since the restart yet? No, well, no, not, not in terms of his stats. Excuse me. <coughs> Yeah, not in terms of his stats for goals and assists, but he's been very solid in quite a few games. What I really like about Mason Mount is he's not your typical English midfielder. Uh, you know, he's very balanced, he's very two-footed, but also his pressing is unbelievable. For a young kid, he, he, he presses all game, you know, he flies into tackles. Um, he's a really committed player. I think he'll have a big end to the season, to be honest. I know we've only got a few games left, but... Um, yeah, I think he's emerging as one of uh, one of Lampard's sort of key lieutenants. So I'm going to be back in Mason Mount. Takes a lot of free kicks. Back mm-hmm. Mount. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, interesting pick there. Um, the player I'm going to go for is Mason Greenwood from Manchester United. Um, yeah, I know. It's uh, I put him in my team. Um, this week, so we have to see what he does against Southampton tonight. But Greenwood is trading. At, I think 4.8 million. Um, Ollie okay. has said that you know if it's hard to drop him at the moment. Um, I don't see why that they would drop him. Um, I know typically with younger players you do see them come in and out of the team. So am I 100% confident that he's going to start? Probably not. But I do think if he does, um, he gets goals. He's going to get opportunities with Fernandez and Pogba. Um, so yeah. So my pick is Greenwood. But we will give a review next week on whose picks did better, both in terms of our predictions and our fantasy football picks. Um, Stefan, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure having you. We will get you on um, in some future episodes, definitely, uh, if Chelsea um, make any more noise in the transfer market. I know Kai Havertz is a a name linked, so we will look forward to having you back. Um, But guys, thank you very much for listening. Um, Really appreciate it. Um, This is The Major, and over and out.